break them down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jimmy Butler of Philadelphia 76. This is what I'm talking about right here. See, this is why I love the NBA so much. This is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. This is what it's all about. This is basketball. All right, everybody. Welcome to an emergency edition of this podcast. Me and Ashan were just talking the other day, a couple days ago, and about part of it was about the Jimmy Butler trade, and it went down today. Nishan, what are your immediate thoughts on this trade? Man, it's kind of wild. Uh, the trade looks like it's probably a good deal for both sides for the recent season. I think Jimmy Butler will be a good addition. Hopefully bring the 76ers out of this lull that they're having this year. Um, and then for the Timberwolves, and mostly Tom Thibodeau, Instead of getting those four future round draft picks from the Rockets, which I think a lot of people think is the better was the better trade for them, he gets two guys in Covington and Sarich who are fantastic basketball players who can contribute now to this young team. Yeah, so I think that was my first question. So if you had to give your initial feedback, do you think this trade, getting players like Covington and Sarich who could help them right away, was better than those four first round picks that the Rockets offered? Well, I think it's the best trade for Tom Thibodeau because he would have never seen the fruits of those four four players. You know, I think ultimately, is it a better trade? Who knows? Because the Rockets, by the time some of those trade, uh, some of those draft picks would have, um, you know, would have been in the in the Sixers' position, would have may have been really great draft picks because that may have been when the Rockets were tanking. But you know, for this upcoming future year, where Tom, Tom Thibodeau is kind of playing for his both his president job as well as his head coaching job I think those guys can help this team at least make the playoffs I think I think Dario Saric is a much better player than he's been allowed to be in this in the Sixers offense he's versatile he can rebound okay he's a pretty good defender but most most uh, effectively he's a great offensive player um, who I think will complement Cat pretty well in the front lines Exactly, he can make threes, so that, that can always help Like when you're playing alongside Cat. Um, but yeah, I think it's the classic trade that you make when the coach is also the GM slash president, whatever position he has, because for him, he's not going to see those picks like you were saying. He wants the players right now. Uh, but in recent times, I mean, sometimes, like with that Paul George trade where they traded for Oladipo and Sabonis, like this trade kind of reminds me of that because all they got from the Sixers was a 2022 second-round pick. So not really a big draft pick haul, but they got two solid players, kind of like what the Pacers got with uh, Oladipo and Sabonis. So it's just a matter of what they do with uh, Covington and Saric, how they develop them. The good part is they're both under control contracts. Saric is under contract till 2020, and Covington's contract it runs for another three years. So they don't have to worry about these guys leaving or entering free agency anytime soon. And I think they're both pretty cheap, which gives them the flexibility of kind of having that Andrew Wiggins contract on their books without really crushing them in terms of their talent. Oh, exactly. Yep, yep. That That's true. I mean, now they are a little bit under the luxury tech for this this season, um, but then for next year, Cats, once his extension kicks in, they're not going to have much cap space anyway, so it's better to get players under contract. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing for Minnesota now is they got two guys who can stretch the floor. I think that's part of what their offense has been lacking and I think that's partially because Tom Thibodeau doesn't doesn't really let his players shoot threes if they're not efficient but I think both Sarish and Covington are pretty good three-point shooters 
at least in the offense that we've seen them in, can hopefully stretch the floor. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, that's the big question. I don't know how much of a free-flowing offense. Like, the Sixers were a pretty free-flowing offense. It will Tom, Tom Thibodeau run. I think the biggest thing for the Wolves now is Cats' numbers were so different in the games that Butler played and didn't play this year. It was an eight-point scoring difference. He was scoring 27 when Butler didn't play and 19 when Butler did play. So clearly there was something and there was an issue going on there. And I, I was reading that they were on a five-game losing streak. on this. They went on 0-5 on this road trip. And then Thibodeau basically decided last night after the loss to Sacramento, like, we have to do this trade. Um, I'm sure this trade was already discussed before, but Thibodeau decided to pull the trigger after this five-game losing streak. And I think the other biggest thing is for the Wolves, it's kind of the toxicity of having Jimmy Butler around. You know, all the stuff that happened in the offseason with him kind of showing up to starters, him playing in and out, him probably being a disruptor of the locker room. I think they can finally have a little bit of peacefulness in the locker room where they can talk and have a good time. The tension is kind of taken out. And I think that'll be great for the young guys who probably are stressed to even go to work when Jimmy Butler's around. Exactly. But so now coming to, we talked about the Wolves right now. The same Jimmy Butler is now coming to the Sixers who also have a young young guy, Simmons and Embiid. They're both young. Jimmy was just, he was on a team with the Wolves where he, he got mad at the work ethic of Wiggins and Cat. Now he comes there, Simmons and Embiid, and then there's also Fultz, right? So I'm just scared for Fultz. <laughs> like, the first time Fultz starts airballing, like, he's we're already seeing his confidence being shattered. I hope Jimmy doesn't destroy that even more. I think Jimmy's going to be awful for this team. I mean, you already know that Cat and Ben Simmons are very similar. They play Fortnite together. They're really good friends. They obviously probably have similar work ethics because of that. If they like to do spend their free time doing things, you know, Ben Simmons is also very big into dating models and being out there and living a life outside of basketball, something that I, I've never really heard Jimmy Butler having. So I have a feeling that they might be clashing heads. Obviously, that's not going to be good for Ben Simmons. Um, and then on the other end, Joel Embiid, he's, I know he works hard. He only started playing basketball when he was like 13 years old or something like that. He's already a superstar. But he also is a guy who clowns on Instagram, something that Jimmy Butler is not necessarily big on. He's you know all business all the time. And I think these two guys are used to having the first off being the, the the man on the team right both of them kind of share 1a and 1b the uh, the face of the team and now they have to share with jimmy butler and i think they clash in who who they are jimmy butler is the old school basketball player from like the 2000s who comes in plays hard life is life equals basketball and these, these new guys uh, Embiid and simmons they're just like cat and wings they're young guys who are trying to um really get get their get their basketball careers going but also keep their lives going and enjoy all the things that they can do outside of basketball exactly yeah I mean I, I, I kind of see where Philadelphia was coming from because in the games that they played against Philly I mean sorry like when Philly played Boston Toronto Milwaukee they've lost to all three teams already this year and there's clearly a talent disparity in the sense that what Philly had with Simmons and Embiid just wasn't enough to compete with those teams so they had to make this home run move um and did they? I mean you know there's making home run moves and then there's kind of totally putting your team over the edge and I, I think Jimmy Butler is a fantastic player you know he's an all-star he's he's but I think his his way of basketball just doesn't permeate with the young guys and this is a young team and you know obviously 
Simmons and Embiid are going to be under contract because whenever Simmons up, he's going to be restricted. You know, they're going to match whatever they have to to keep him around. But I don't know, man. I think that he can really stunt their growth in terms of really just making them be who they want to be and be the be the superstar that they hope to be. Yeah, I, I mean, I ultimately don't think this will work out. Um, I think I was already telling you, I think Simmons and Embiid, there's something going on there. I don't think they have the greatest chemistry either. I think it's one of those situations where they, they're they not really friends or great acquaintances off the court. They just play together on, on the court, and that's about it. Um, and now you have Jimmy Butler coming in. We, this I always worry with the player when he's been on multiple teams where the chemistry has fractured. And then now you're <laughs> exactly right now. We've seen this with Jimmy when he was on Chicago. That whole era, that season with him, Dwayne Wade, and Rajon Rondo, where the feud became very public, and it was the young guys versus the veterans, and him and Rondo were feuding. Like that, there was that team, and now the Minnesota team. So you start to wonder, like, when this happens with a player on multiple teams, you can't always keep blaming the team that he's on. It's it, it's part of it is it's the player also. Yeah, it's kind of hard because it's undeniable how, how talented Jimmy Butler is. And, you know, in the right situation, I feel like Jimmy Butler could escalate a team. He, he's, he could be the best two-way player in the league. I, I know there's uh, there's other great players, Victor Oladipo, Paul George, Kawhi, um, Giannis, and LeBron, like great, great two-way players. But and, and obviously AD, sorry for leaving him out. Uh, but, you know, th- that's what Jimmy comes with. He has a lot of baggage and... The good thing for the Sixers is this, this could be an experiment, right? They have one year to figure out what's going to happen to Jimmy, if they mesh, if they don't mesh. And I think ultimately, they, if they are smart, they'll stick true to keeping Simmons and Embiid together, and if they have to, let Jimmy walk. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's sort of seeming like they... I mean, you can't... It's technically not allowed to agree to it, but they. it's already reporting that... They have an agreement where him and them and Jimmy are going to sign a long-term contract in the offseason because they're not going to give up Saric and Covington for nothing and then just let Jimmy walk. So I think yeah. he'll definitely remain a Sixer, but it, we'll see whether it's for that five-year $190 million that he wants, which I think then Philly would definitely suffer with that contract at the back end. Yeah, uh, but the other thing is, you know, the, the half the season is yet to be played, and we could quickly in the first 20 to 50, uh, 25 games figure out what the chemistry of this team is like and what Jimmy right. does to that locker room. Yeah, exactly. So, I think that's yeah, the only way he doesn't come back. If the chemistry with Sim- Simmonson and Beat is so bad, or like Jim- Jimmy has an injury this year that that's very, uh, like, potentially career-ending or something, then I think that's the only way Butler doesn't come back. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And I mean, obviously, the chemistry works out really well, and those guys kind of fall under his wings. They would be, they, It would be silly for them to let him walk away, particularly in a weekend Eastern Conference. Yeah, but uh, you know what? It's just funny to see this team that last year, I think at the end of the regular season, when they went on that 16-game winning streak, and when Embiid was out, and then they, I thought they had found like that magic formula with Simmons and then all these shooters around him, <laughs> and how they basically have completely gone away from that because um, they brought with due to Fultz coming back, they lost Saric and Covington, two of the shooters they surrounded Simmons with, and now they added Jimmy Butler, who, and so now like the only shooter on this team really is JJ Redick. So I wonder how like this is going to work out. I thought they had a good formula with Simmons going, but now they're like kind of going away from that. Ultimately, it's going to come down to can Simmons continue to develop his game and become at least a viable shooter, or is he going to be stuck in this perennial, almost Rondo-like 
you know, LeBron, when he was early in his career, wasn't a great shooter, but for him to get to the level that he needed to be where we would be talking about him as being the GOAT, um, he needs to, to develop the parts of his games that were weak, and shooting three-pointers is one of them. Now, does Simmons have it in him to work hard and at least get a shot that people need to respect in order to stretch the floor for him? That That's up to him, really, and the people he works with to really work on that in the offseason. Exactly, yeah. I mean, can you imagine the first time, like, Ben Simmons, like, has, like, wide open three or something, and he just completely passes it up, how, like, pissed off? Or if Jimmy Butler starts yelling him on the court publicly, the drama is, like, the potential for that is, like, un- unbelievable on this team now. I know, I have to, I'm definitely buying some more tickets to go to the Sixers game now that I'm, I'm close to here, uh, <laughs> so that I can see this drama unfold in real life. Oh man, or if like, Foles is like, just starts crying on the court with Jimmy yelling at him, I can see that happening too. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing. Sports, has, especially basketball, has turned into a reality TV show, something that I hated watching, you know, growing up, but now I, I have no choice, but I'm so much more invested in these you know, on these drama timelines of these players, Jimmy Butler has been the biggest one probably for the last two years. <laughs> yeah, it's just been un- unbelievable with these just superstars who keep getting traded. Like, Jimmy went from the East to the West, and now he's back in the East. Yeah, man. <laughs> I am very, very excited to see what this this season holds. I want to see I want to see how uh, Embiid clowns Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> I want to see how Jimmy bullies Embiid. It's, it's going to be it's going to be fantastic. And for the for the Wolves, I think it was a, it was a zero sum game. They needed to get Jimmy moved, and uh, they got a trade that will hopefully keep them playoff relevant. But even if it doesn't, um, everyone is young and movable, so I think that's a big thing for them. Exactly, and you finally have you're invested so much in Cat and Wiggins. I think you you got to invest in their growth. And if the player that they're sending away in Jimmy Butler wasn't meshing with their young guys, then they had to get rid of him eventually. Tom Thibodeau could only hold on for so long. <laughs> Yeah, who do you think is the biggest winner in this trade? I think it has to be Jimmy, right? I mean, he just showed ultimately the player got what he wanted. Um, yeah. And at least he he was also smart. He didn't pull like a Le'Veon Bell sort of thing where, you know, he missed game, the game checks or money by not showing up. Like, he showed up, collected his money, and still got traded away from the team, which is ultimately what he wanted. So I don't know how you beat that. <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest winner is Tom Thibodeau. Um, you know, he was making all the wrong moves throughout the whole offseason when the news came out that Jimmy had approached him right before the tra- uh, the, the draft saying, I kind of want to, I, I, I want out. And then he, did, he kind of ignored it, didn't tell anyone that all the rumbling started in August that he wants out. He didn't do anything. They went through camp and everyone thought Jimmy was going to get moved. He didn't do anything. And then most recently, the whole uh, Rockets fiasco where they were, it was, you know, it was reported that they were offered four, four draft picks and he didn't do anything. And I think ultimately, if, if Saric and Covington are even remotely helpful to this team and they make the playoffs, I think Tom Thibodeau may have just saved his season, uh, his job, and also his presidency. Because, you know, I, I think he was, I don't think he was going to make it through the year. And at least now, I think they can patch it up. He can make it through the year and maybe further on. Exactly. Yep. But yeah, all right, man. You never know when these trades are going to happen, right? And we have to get on one of these emergency pods. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> all Until right. the next time Jimmy Butler moves to a different team. Yep, or the next superstar is unhappy. <laughs> all right, talk to you later. All right, see you, man. Bye.